Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. It's time to stop working out and start working in. You found the Work In Podcast for fitpreneurs and their health-conscious clients. This podcast is for resilient wellness professionals who want to expand their professional credibility, shake off stress, and thrive in a burnout-proof career with conversations on the fitness industry, movement, nutrition, sleep, mindset, nervous system health, yoga, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Erica Thomas. I'm a resilience coach and fitpreneur offering an authentic, actionable, realistic approach to personal and professional balance for coaches in any format. The Work In is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, bringing resilience through movement, action, and accountability. Private sessions, small groups, and corporate presentations are available now. Visit savagegracecoaching.com to schedule a call and get all the details. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to The Work In. There's no such thing as settled science when it comes to human health. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist of any kind. I'm a fitness professional, and I take that seriously because what that means to me is that I'm a curator of health and wellness information. I believe that all fit pros have an opportunity and a responsibility to have a meaningful impact on the lives of the people we work with by helping to translate health science into real-world application. We can do this within our scope of practice simply by staying current on emerging health science. But the important thing to note here is that our current understanding of that science is often 10, 20, sometimes 30 years behind the times. Take, for example, our nutrition recommendations. They're only updated every five years officially, and the board of professionals that are responsible for those updates often have conflicts of interest and seem, in my opinion only, they seem reluctant to take any kind of stand or leave room for any individual variation in the real world. So as a fit pro working with very confused clients, it's important to understand the science in the background of all of these recommendations and then to be able to translate it 
as well as staying current as possible. So when I say current, I'm, I'm not talking about continuing education credits here. I'm, I'm talking about actual real-time scientific understanding. And I am so grateful for some of the outstanding podcasts out there that are bringing really important human health discoveries to to light, really. Podcasts like Huberman Lab and The Drive with Peter Atia, as well as The Better Podcast with Dr. Stephanie Estima. They're all really excellent examples of that. I'm sure there's tons more out there. It seems like everybody really has a podcast. It's just about finding one that really resonates with you and that really can explain things in ways that you understand well enough to be able to share with other people. The internet, of course, gives us instant access to nearly everything and anything we might want to know about, but that information can really go on forever, and not all of it is entirely accurate, or the interpretation of it has been kind of twisted a little bit. Now, I know I can hear you thinking about how time-consuming that would be, and, and that's true, totally true, and that's why we like to niche down. No one can know everything about everything, and you're not really expected to, but it's important professionally to find an area that you're really well-versed in and kind of stick with that. Um, Scientists do that as well, and we see that as, as people specialize in certain areas of the body. And that's really why we need to be careful, because We are working with the whole person, whole people. We're not only working with one system, like the musculoskeletal system or the cardiovascular system or the central nervous system. And in a whole person standing in front of you exercising or moving through a yoga flow or in a class or learning about nutrition, everything is connected in a whole person. And because of that, there's, there's only one question that matters, really, if you're talking about a whole person. And that question is, what does that science, that study, that information, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for the individual? So here's the thing that I want to make sure everyone hears today. They, and when I say they, I'm talking about human health and science community, right? All those scientists out there, all those labs, they don't understand everything about the human body completely yet. Humans are far too complex. So every year, scientists are learning new things And some of those things illuminate stuff we already know or think we know. Some of them simply confuse us even more. Some of them are literally horrible, like when they discover the impact of widespread carcinogens in our everyday environment. And when we find things that we thought were healthy that turn out to be the opposite of that. So we can give a little bit of grace here 
Because like Maya Angelou says, you do the best you can with what you know. And then when you know better, you do better. But big food and big pharma are big money. And big money can get in the way of good information and clear understanding. Without that good information and clear understandings, how can you expect people to make healthy decisions? This is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about informed consent in a doctor's office, but this is real, everyday wellness decisions, wellness choices. What we have currently in the U.S., and maybe one might say in the world, is kind of a trickle-down health economy where the best metaphor wins, the best storytelling marketer wins. And those are easy to believe and hard to replace when they're wrong. So think about the food pyramid and how long we had some variation of that. Or think about the uh, heart fat theory that dietary fat and cholesterol led to cardiovascular disease, despite the actual data not supporting that. We all believed that for many, many decades Now, how about this? This is a new one. The triune brain theory, where we have this reptile brain, a a mammal brain, that emotional brain, and then our rational brain, all inside our skull. You might know that. You might have heard something about that, about this lizard brain, primitive brain. The story that we have to literally overcome our primitive instincts with our rational, modern human brain really feeds the ego for sure. But it's just too bad it's not really correct. And we know that now. It was actually refuted in the early 90s, but I I still was learning that as fact in trauma release training as late as five years ago. And I don't remember anyone in those trainings saying, well, this is the latest theory about how the brain works. No, no, no. This was presented as this is how the brain works, right? And we need to be very careful about things like that. Now, and then along those same lines, you could um, you could really get into the weeds here if you're looking at things that actually turn out to be junk science. For example, like uh, the Women's Health Initiative, which um, that is in its entire episode. I encourage you to kind of look up the the terrible things actually that came out of that Women's Health Initiative. Now, look again this. All of this information was presented in its time as cutting edge because that was how scientists at that time understood it. And that was how those experiments were designed. And that was based on the technology that we had at the time to look at these individual things Because at the time, that technology, of course, is limited. And then as time goes by, technology gets better, experiments get 
better, we have more understanding and things change. And this is my point today. We need to be more careful about digging in our heels over accepted health recommendations especially when they come from the government. And on the flip side, we need to be open and curious about a new about new understandings of how this incredible body that we live in keeps us alive. Current isn't actually always current. By the time we hear about it, it could be years later, right? It takes simply too long for health science to make its way into actionable behaviors, and that's where a fitness professional can assist. Personally, I always want to see proof. Show me the money, right? I don't ever want to be the first to drink the Kool-Aid, and my go-to filter when I hear about some incredible new protocol that's supposed to boost metabolism or make me live forever, whatever the latest, greatest thing is, are the basic five W questions. You can use them too. And um, so let's, let's, let's talk about them right here. Here they are. Who? Who did this study? <laughs> or maybe more importantly, who paid for this study? And then who were the subjects And who is this for? A lot of times these uh, fitness-related studies are done in college settings, and so they get a lot of 25-year-old male athletes who need some extra cash. (laughs) Um, But when you're studying uh, 25-year-old males, that's less applicable to postmenopausal women. So we need to be careful about extrapolating, pulling little tiny threads out of these studies and applying them to all populations. Uh, second W question, why? Why would I need this? Why would anyone need this? Uh, what is the actual circumstance that this particular study or information or nugget, fun fact, why would this matter? Right? Why would I? Why for me? What? What exactly did they do in this study? What does that look like in the wild, in real life? Is it even uh, replicatable in a person's real lifestyle? And this is an interesting question because let's take, for example, the intermittent fasting science where they looked at that eight-hour feeding window. If you didn't know that that eight-hour feeding window for that study was based on the availability of the scientists that were doing it, the eight-hour workday, you would think there was something magical about that eight hours when actually it wasn't. There wasn't anything specific except for the individual who was in charge of the study had to be home by five. You know, so so if you understand that, you can then take that information that came out of that study and apply it in um, a more uh, usable way, a more realistic way for people who are standing in front of you, right? And then when was this study done? Was it like years and years ago? Uh, was there any follow-up afterwards? How has it uh, uh 
stood the test of time, basically. Um, how long did it run? Was it a two-week study? Was it a 12-week study? Was it a year long? Five years? What? When was the study done? And then finally, where does this information, this new information fit into a healthy, healthy lifestyle? But more importantly, where does it fit into my lifestyle? Okay, because all of these five W questions can really be, again, distilled down to that one question that we said earlier. What does this information mean for me? That's all any of our clients want to know when you share those fun facts, those little bits of health and nutrition information. What does it mean for me? What do I have to do? Where am I going to change my behavior if I'm going to change my behavior? We all have to weigh the cost, the risk, the benefits of all of our choices, especially our health choices, people do that all the time. Take alcohol consumption for one. I mean, there's still this myth out there that red wine can be good for you. Um, no, it's it's not true. That's some deliberately misinterpreted science, science there. Um, it's just not it's just not true. Now if you want to continue to believe that, that's totally up to you. And again, this is your own cost risk benefit analysis, right? And then I mean, you could look at smoking the same way. There's plenty of people out there who absolutely know how unhealthy smoking is and they they still choose to do it and continue to smoke, to smoke despite there being many many ways to help people break that addiction. It's not a foregone conclusion. It's a choice. At some point it is a choice. And and I will say that with, from personal experience um, with my own caffeine and coffee consumption. I I know I'd probably be better off with less if not none. I could I could do that. But I am making a choice to give myself that one thing that I love, and that is a couple of extra cups of coffee. <laughs> it's how I, it's how, it's my self-care, but I'm just going to be honest. All right. So next time you hear about the latest, greatest thing to come out of a lab related to your health and wellness, stop and think about it. Okay. What part of the human health picture were they looking at? Is that part of your picture? What is the source of that information? And do you trust their interpretation? To be biased is to be human, and scientists are humans first. So even when we think we have the whole picture of how things fit together in the human body, there's always another question. And it's important that we keep asking them. And as fitness professionals, present that information as a work in progress. Cultivate some different perspectives there. After all, isn't that what we all are? Just a bunch of works in progress? And speaking of a work in progress, let's practice what we preach here. I want to share with you this amazing workshop that is open now. It's called Metamorphosis. This is a menopause makeover workshop designed to share the latest health nuggets in science and 
myth-busting about those menopause symptoms and what you can do to naturally mitigate them. We're talking about all things pelvic floor related, why Kegels don't work and what to do instead, hormone balance, how insulin affects inflammation in your body, and sleep stress, anxiety, and depression, and so much more. This is a three-hour hybrid event on November 4th, 2023, from 9 a.m. Eastern to noon, and I will be teaching this live in studio. So if you are local, you're welcome to come to the Loft Yoga and Wellness in person for this workshop, but if you're not local, you will still be able to join us live online. The best part about it is that it will be recorded. And so if you want to go back and review it, or if you can't make it live, you can have access to the replay. Now, Metamorphosis is open for enrollment right now, and you can go to the show notes and click the menopause makeover button to register. It's only $65. And that is a steal, people. It is, you can't, it doesn't get much better than that. So head over to savagegracecoaching.com forward slash the work in, or simply go to the website at savagegracecoaching.com and you can find links through the menu tab at the top. So thanks for listening. I will see you next time on The Work In. Take care, everyone.